Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. All right, good morning, everyone. Have a conversation. Shape the practice that's in front of you in the attempt to make this meaningful for you as the individual. And uh, our methodology, our approach is designed that way to support you as the individual. You the individual, you the being. The focus on today is communication. Communication. We've been working through various different themes. We're in the midst of a yoga teacher training and working through daily themes. So the first theme was vulnerability. We talked about that in great detail. That led us into authenticity and how authenticity supports communication, a particular kind of, kind of communication, a style of communication, you could put it that way. And so today is all about communication and how we communicate and the importance of communication. Communication ultimately leads us into connection. If it's designed that way, if that's the intention, or the opposite of that, disconnection, which is quite common, that we communicate in a way that leads us into disconnection. That can be the tendency. One way to notice that is your relationship to yourself. And sometimes, in some ways, you communicate with yourself that disconnects you. Mind from body is an example. That your mind at times doesn't have your body's welfare in mind. It's the opposite. It looks to punish. Be quiet down there. You're feeling too much. You're too noisy. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So smarten up down there. Let me pummel you a bit. These kinds of experiences and the ways in which we can communicate to ourselves. If that's the way we communicate with ourselves, we have a tendency of communicating like that to other people. Oftentimes we communicate based on this approach that we don't have what we want. So the focus is on what we don't have. And so our communication is focused on what we don't have. I don't have this. And I want this. That can manifest into complaints as an example. Complaining that you don't have something in your life. Whatever that might be. Some peace and quiet from this wind. <laughs> Those damn monkeys. So loud, waking me up. I don't have serenity. I don't have any peace at peace retreat. These kinds of things. And so our communication can be focused on what we don't have. just want to notice, use the individual, where that's true for you. Because it's true for you somewhere. Where you're focused on what you don't have. And how that can seep out of you. And so up on the board are some distinctions around two styles of communication that I'll walk you through. The first is communication that divides. We're divided at times, mind and body, and we're divided out here too amongst others. And it feels that way at times. Certainly the last couple years has proven that to be true. <laughs> the division that we've experienced in a whole host of different ways. With self, our loved ones, within family, within community, there's been some division. Focused on, in various different ways, what we don't have. One of those things has been safety. The experience of safety has been pulled away in a whole host of different ways. 
there's been a tremendous amount of attention on feeling safe and how difficult that's been. And the communication has supported that in a whole host of different ways. And so if you look up on the board, communication designed to minimize and get what I feel I don't have. At times, our communication style is designed to minimize people's ideas, their opinions, them as a being, we can minimize other people very quickly and easily. And there's a part of us that's focused on that. What I don't have is safety, love, care, encouragement. You're not giving me what I want, and I want it now. And so I'll minimize you a while, <laughs> make you suffer a bit until you give up what I want from you because you're here to serve me. That can be the message. In the midst of the interaction will be the tremendous temptation to oppress, deceive, and dominate. That's a stiff perspective to take on. But the idea is that you notice yourself in communication at times, certainly in the past, and how you've communicated to other people, and what has been the message, the real message. You're not giving me what I want, and so I must manipulate you, oppress you, until you give me what I want. I was dismissed. These are some examples. If you've ever felt dismissed in your life, you will dismiss. That's your communication style. If you ever felt rejected over a span of time, and that's something that sits with you, you will reject. That's the communication style that you have. If you've ever been mm, shamed, your communication style will be to shame. If you've ever been ignored, your communication style will, to be, will be to ignore it. If you've ever been scolded, you will scold. These, is, these are what we've been speaking about in our program. Things that have been done to you, or felt like things have been done to you, you'll repeat. And that's a terrifying style of communication. It's like, take no prisoners. <laughs> I'm going to crush you with my communication style. And you better bloody well submit. Communicate not to negotiate, but to undermine someone's position. You ever been in an argument? <laughs> it's like the perfect example, right, in an argument? It's like, no, you're not right, I am. And all the evidence why somebody's wrong. The attempt is to undermine somebody's position, to weaken it. And so eventually they just give up on it. And what we get to be in that is, right, I knew I was right. And that's a very deliberate communication style, very deliberate. Weaken them into submission, give me what I want, hooray. I have what I want from you. I don't care if I've minimized you, berated you, oppressed you, slapped you around a bit with my words. I have what I want, and that's what matters to me. This tyrannical communication designed to defeat, I must win at all costs. And wow, did we have some conversations yesterday within the training about all the ways in which you want to win. 
and how you win. And it's very specific. And you're a master at it. That is for sure. And so we are focused on winning in life. And you can ask yourself, well, why? Because you have success. Your strategies of winning have brought you here, as an example. All the way here to Costa Rica. <laughs> and so you have some semblance of success in your life. And this is an example of that. You being here. And so why would you give up the desire you have to win? There's so much attached to it. But it's the very thing that we must give up. Because the winning has a significant cost to it. Tremendous. Not only here, to our body and being, but also our relationships. Because they can be left in shambles. It would be easy for you to have, I don't know, a 20, 30, 40 year old war with somebody. That would be easy. Welcome to marriage. <laughs> Not all the time, but at times. That's how it can play out. There's like a war that's happening within the relationship that's not being addressed. And these communication styles are headbutting each other all the way through. No, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. And what we abandon in various different ways is learning. Learning about ourselves, learning about somebody else, having the capacity to get closer to somebody. I'm not saying you don't do that. But through this designed approach to win, there's very little connection. I learned very young that communication was designed as a control tactic. It was like a weapon. That's what I learned. Like this abrasive style of communication or the opposite of that. Cold and nothing. Cold and nothing. And those are the extremes that we can live in. There's like cold and nothing, or a lot of heat and abrasive. And then you could ask yourself, hmm, I wonder which one I spend more time on. Am I cold and quiet, or am I hot and abrasive? <laughs> and that's good information for you to know. Where you spend some of your time when it comes to your communication style. And then you can imagine what it's like to be around you at times, and how difficult that is. And there's not much connection in the extremes. That's the challenge of living in extremes. And we have a tendency of living in the extremes. And so what I learned, again, young, was to be abrasive to myself. That was my tendency. And to be quiet with other people in various different ways. But if I was pushed far enough, then I would be abrasive to other people. But my, my setting was to be abrasive here, to lambaste myself with insults, as an example, and berate myself and shame myself in a whole host of different ways, and then present myself as quiet to other people. I wouldn't say much. And that's one way that I lived in the extremes. 
and then pushed far enough, I would be abrasive out. In the attempt to control a situation, and these are control tactics, be quiet. That's one way to get control, isn't it? <laughs> it's a perfect way to get control. And the opposite of that, being heated and abrasive, is yet another way to get control. And if I look at my relationship to communication over the years, especially when I was younger, how much that cost me. There's some significant consequences attached to those communication styles. I kept myself weak and underdeveloped and naive in a whole host of different ways by berating myself. And I didn't have the capacity to ask for what I wanted, what I felt I needed. And so I was left to my own devices. And I was lonely in a whole host of different ways. And I felt that way. And especially, it'll come across that way, especially to those that are sensitive. Sensitive, like thin-skinned in some ways. And that creates conflict. I'm attempting to say certain things in the attempt to create safety for myself. But if I'm too sharp, I do the opposite. I create an unsafe experience, not only for myself, for others. And it can come across as punishment. I've been used to punishing myself. That's what I was used to in some ways. I felt like I was being punished, and so I will punish through communication to myself, and if I'm not attentive and aware, it'll come across that way to others. And it gets me the opposite of what I'm attempting to do. Peace retreat, as an example, is a manifestation of me attempting to communicate in the way that leads me to safety. This, this manifestation, is that I put communication out. It's like, hey, this is a place of inclusion, acceptance. Let's gather together. Let's be together. Let's hang out. Let's talk about meaningful things, share some passions the passions of adventure and yoga and whatever else, wildlife and nature and these kinds of things. And this is my attempt to communicate in a way that leads me into a community where I can feel safe. And sometimes I'm able to do that. <laughs> sometimes I'm not. It depends on the characters that show up and how they behave and how they receive the message in this place and what we're doing here. And I'm blessed in a lot of ways that most people can find their way into this message and experience something meaningful here. But that doesn't happen all the time. And that's very abrasive for me. Because like, hey, I'm disappointing somebody. And in the disappointment, I feel unsafe. And want to fix things, fix somebody's experience and all these kinds of things that leads me astray. It leads me away from myself. Versus I don't need to fix anything. <laughs> you have any experience and good for you. Is there a solution in your experience? Or are you just going to be embittered and complain about what you don't have? And that's a different posture, which ideally leads into negotiation. And that's what the other board represents, true communication 
freedom from unnecessary suffering occurs through communication. We suffer unnecessarily at times. Have you noticed that? Oh my goodness. And we can perpetuate that through communication. We can suffer unnecessarily at times. <coughs> the idea is to constrain your impulses and manage your intent. Well, what are your impulses? To dominate, to take control, to win. Those are the impulses we have to constrain. Otherwise, they'll come out. And they're always looking to come out. It's like an octopus or something. It's like, <laughs> how many people can I create chaos with through my impulses? Because I have no impulse control. And that's the beauty of being in practice on your mat. In some ways, you're developing discipline, ideally, versus a lack of impulse. This is a great question. What preconditions would have to be met for you to say what you need to say? And that's something you have to ponder and consider. What are the preconditions that have to be met for you to say what you need to say? Some of the things you're not saying and haven't been saying for years. Your romantic relationships within your family dynamic, friends, I don't know, something like that. You're not saying something. You're making somebody wrong. You're not accepting somebody for who they are. You want them to be different. And often the precondition is, once you change, then I'll accept you. These are the ways in which I want you to change, and best you change quickly, or I won't accept you. And once you do change to my liking, then I'll accept you. And I'll talk to you in a way that is respectful. But until then, you don't get it. That's one of the preconditions that we can have through a communication. And so it's the opposite. What do you want? What's the kind of relationships you actually want? Are you willing to pursue them through communication? And if you look at your life, you'll have many opportunities to do that, especially where there's conflict and tension in your life. That's the place. Speak to your father. Speak to your mother. Speak to your siblings. Speak to your loved ones. Speak to them. and attempt to make things better. That's a useful intent to have through communication. Do not throw your words away, because we can do that quite easily. Speak in a way that makes things better, to make things better. Whereas appreciation and acknowledgments. Gratitude. Mm -hmm. The opposite of that is focusing on what we don't have, and being miserable as a consequence. And we can be that easily. And as we go down the pathway of misery, we'll attempt to drag around, drag down anybody that's close to us. That's the temptation. I'm miserable, and I want you to be miserable too. You're close to me, I'll pull you into my misery as well. Align yourself properly so your speech emanates from the depths of you. That is a practice. If you hold your practice, you on your mat this way, you generate from the depths of you your speech. That's the idea. <laughs> the idea is to align your being on your mat in practice, this practice of yoga, and to get a sense of what's at stake. It's everything. 
And I do not say that lightly. It is everything you hold near and dear to you. That's what's at stake every single day. Life is very delicate. Relationships are extraordinarily delicate. Trust is delicate. Respect is delicate. Love is delicate. And if we're abrasive, we're not delicate. We are stomping on the things we say we want that are right in front of us. And that is a problem. If you behave like that for too long, you'll be alone. Nobody in their right mind would spend time with you. And certainly nobody that you would respect. So if you want a bunch of doormats, people you don't want to respect, that you don't respect around you, this is the pathway to do it. Stomp on them, their values, their wishes, their desires, their passions, their hopes, their dreams. We can do that ourselves, and we can certainly do that with other people. And so communication is the gateway to connect, or it's the opposite of that. The great creator or the great destroyer. The very thing that we're doing on our mat, consistently and constantly, we create and we destroy. We create and we destroy. You see that in postures. And to notice what that's like for you, we are both of those things. And how much attention do you have on taking things apart versus putting things together? So today, communication and how essential it is to communicate to yourself in the proper way and to those around you. And with that in mind, I have a question for you. What is one thing that you could stop saying to yourself or someone else? And in doing so, would immediately make things better. What's one thing you could stop saying to yourself or stop saying to someone else that would immediately make things better? Something you say that takes away from you, takes away from others. Some criticism. Yes, thank you. Disappointed. I'm disappointed. Thank you. Good. Anybody else have something to say about this? It's one thing you could stop saying to you, others. <laughs> You're annoying. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. These are some punchy statements. Anybody else? You're wrong. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. I would offer that to push that mm, Thank you for that. Yeah, listen, listening is key. Absolutely. For sure. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. So good. Well said. I don't know. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I like how you said that. Hiding behind the statement that I don't know. Very good. So if you were to stop saying certain things to you and other people, how you could immediately better the experience for you and others. And so the attempt through practice is to do that. We're going to chant and Kriya and meditate and these kinds of things. Kriya is designed to cleanse. Cleanse yourself of everything that's on the top board. Divisive communication styles that you have. Get it out of you. That bitterness and resentment and all the ways in which you like to be right, get it out. And it's the squeezing that needs to happen sometimes. We've got to squeeze it out and do that with great intent. A great pleasure to be with you. <coughs> we'll see you on the mat. Indeed, we will.